This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans yet again. And we're going to be continuing our Batman, 90s Batman retrospective, with Batman Forever, a film by Joel Schumacher, written by a couple. Do you ever write scripts with your girlfriend? No. No, you wouldn't want to write a movie with your girlfriend? No, I think we, we have very different taste and things that we like so it would probably not be for anyone if i ended up doing that you know one of those movies that just don't have an audience at all just because there's so many they're trying to cover they're so trying to things. appeal to everybody yeah what's yeah, what is yeah. what is her taste like compared we know what your taste is like i think she's a little bit nicer than me with movies like she she's easier to like things just because like by, by their merit just like she doesn't really give, give a shit so it's more of a, oh, this was cool. Like, doesn't really have much of an opinion of it. But I have noticed that I ruined a lot of things for her because of my commenting while watching. So if oh, we're watching no. something really bad, like a really bad performance or whatever, I'm like, I, I, like, I would point it out and then she would watch things and then just give me shit because she'd be like, now I notice those things and I hate it because I can't just blindly enjoy things like before. And now give me an example. Like, oh, you got to give me awful. an example. What's a film? Uh, well, the most recent one was Justice League from yesterday. Sorry, oh, I, know. I know, I know, I know that's a sore subject, but she was watching Justice League for the first time, uh, and uh, I told her about the whole, you know, the Snyder Cut or whatever, and I was like, whenever you see that there's a, a joke that's very forced, that w- that's when the new guy came in and like tried to change the, the thing, right? Yeah. And she was like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then when it got to the first joke or whatever, she she just sent me, uh, oh no, like that was the first thing. And then she she pointed out specifically the I'm rich joke, uh, and just like the banter between the Flash and Batman. Yeah. So so uh, so she was like, I don't think I would have noticed or care before as much, just because it was just like a whatever movie. But now that she's more aware of things, uh, uh, that was one of the really. I told her that the remake, the whole thing, though, she was excited about that. But, but yeah. yeah. Um, Is she the type of viewer definitely... that wouldn't have noticed, like, Henry Cavill's mouth being blurry and out of shift with his I don't think there's, face? I don't think there's a viewer in, like, Earth that could not notice that that lip looked like... What is that What is that called when, when they're born with a... A cleft lip? lip? Joaquin Phoenix face? Yes. Yeah, it looks like they fixed it. You know, if he had that, but they kind of fixed it. I don't think anyone could just overlook that. But Man, I, I think she's sitting... just a little, just a little bit nicer when it yeah. comes to you know enjoying some. When I was sitting yeah. in the theater watching that movie, and they pulled up like this, it's it opens with the cell phone footage of Henry Cavill, and like they, I think they might add like a slight effect to it. Not really though, and you see his mouth, and that's the first image you see. That's so perfect. <laughs> They don't deceive you. I'll give him, I'll give Joss Whedon that orangutan face man with his little baby teeth, his chiclet teeth, uh, that much is that he didn't he didn't deceive you. He did not fool you as to what you were getting into. He opens with that blurry mouth that what is it? It looks like Jacob's ladder, you know, one of those characters, just, Silent Hill face. I just remember thinking, oh shit, it's gonna be two hours of this. Like, that's the first thing they show you. It can't, it's not going to get better. Like, this is how they're trying to get your attention at the beginning. And uh, you know how I feel about it. 
I know you're a little bit nicer about it than I am, but no, I don't think anyone can overlook no, that. I think that I think that movie was terrible. I walked out of that movie so disappointed. There wasn't an ounce of Zack Snyder in that film. And anybody who says, "Oh, it's going to suck," either like, first of all, you're missing the point. Second of all, when we get that four-hour Snyder cut that saves cinemas next year in March, <laughs> you'll be thanking me because he'll have brought people back to the the movie theater again. Yeah. It'll be the we're Ben Hur of our time. We're gonna get more, uh, more. Uh, what's his name? Android. What's his name? Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg. We're gonna get more of him, right? I actually, he has right. to be more. It's it's not gonna stop at Justice League. He's putting out his new version of Batman vs Superman as well, with uh, the IMAX cut, because apparently they mucked up the aspect ratio for the home video release and streaming. So there's gonna be a new version wow. of that movie. Great. So that's gonna fix things in that movie, just the aspect ratio. I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to know who's in control of Warner Brothers' budget. Who thinks it's a good idea to give Zack Snyder all this money? Look, I love <laughs> Zack Snyder. I'm so happy much. about this, but to give him uh, car blanche with this already existing film to do his four hour version they, with, a, I think they just gave him like as much money as it costs originally to make this thing. Somebody said, oh, they gave him. $40 million to finish the movie. And an insider said, no, that's a very <laughs> low estimate. It's actually uh, a lot more than that. So that, in addition to taking their entire, and I don't believe they're actually going to do this. I think they're going to wind up walking this back. The entire 2021 slate of movies for theaters, including Dune, is going direct to streaming, right? We talked about this. It was a big episode for us. Yeah. Um, a lot of people check that out. I don't buy that they're going to commit to that. I think they're going to do the Mulan thing where originally Disney was like, we're going to charge you extra for this movie. Oh, right. you guys are mad about that? All right. No, no, no. It's for free. It's 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 part of the service. You paid this month. It's okay. I think they're going to do that. I think some of these movies are going to wind up in theaters only. Why do you think they're not just giving him the next movie instead of re like giving him money to redo this? Also, I thought I thought he was supposed to be the main producer of this universe, right? Wasn't it this his whole vision it was supposed to be originally? And then, originally, and so then, Man okay. of Steel, I think, was a success, and they liked that. And then Batman vs Superman got them sweating because it was three hours, it was R rated, and it was not the Batman vs the the first team up of Batman and Superman on screen. I don't think that's what anyone would have imagined it being. Mm. And I think they got right. a little nervous about that. So when Justice League was finished, they're like, this this two-part Justice League is only going to be one part. Finish it, and then you're out. And they brought in Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer. He was going to be the Kevin Feige of the DC Universe. And this guy made it even worse. It was terrible. <laughs> Everything that came out from that guy. And he was fired. Uh, Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, who's a very whiny boy on, on Twitter, very whiny little man um, yeah. who's trying so hard to get Joss Whedon fired from life. <laughs> and he successfully did. Joss Whedon got kicked off whatever he was doing as a result I of he, Ray he Fisher's quit. vague claims. Did he quit? He resigned or something. Yeah, he resigned from his post. He did the Johnny Depp resignation. Was he doing... A superhero thing? What was the thing he he was working on? I don't. I think it, it might was have like, been like his science vision. Fiction. Yeah, it was his idea. Yeah, I think it was like a, like a his vision of some. Let's see if I can find it. Because I heard that he was the Nevers. 
Right. Mm. She's a, a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. Cool. Yeah. So I guess he's going back to girls are heroes and cool because I'm completely and totally not a creep at all, guys. Because I want to work <laughs> right? with young women. I want to work with an 18 year old girl who I have to be around 24 hours a day on this project. Intimacy. He's doing that thing again. Yep. Great. But, uh, but yeah, babe, as, as, for, as for why Zack Snyder is not just doing the next one, because they don't have a next one. It, it's Wonder Woman. They're trying to do the Flash movie with Michael Keaton and Ezra Miller. They've been burying the Ezra Miller story about him choke slamming a woman uh, in New York. Uh, nobody wants nice, to talk about like that. Some European, wasn't that in some European country? Was it? I don't know. I thought, I, I thought so, yeah. Just maybe. Choke slammed her to the ground. Mm hmm. Because mm -hmm. you wanted to say hello or something. She's like, can I, can I get a picture with you? And he just viciously attacked her. No one wants to talk about that. Meanwhile, the same company is making Johnny Depp resign from Fantastic Beasts uh, over, over things that were proven false against him. False. Like there's audio yeah. that the police have, but didn't hold up Imagine, Imagine being so nice that your girlfriend shits on the bed multiple times and you never tell anyone, or at least not the press, and you just... You know what? She's cute. I love her. Uh, it's it's okay. And then this comes out and it's just like, I fucking laid next to shit and put up with it. And now I'm the bad guy that's being, you know, made to resign. Him Amber Heard. He never actually, he never actually punched her, right? No, he didn't do anything. No, she was screaming okay. and crying in the other room while police were over because she thought that the police, while, while they were like standing with him, because they thought they would like hear that or something and think that he was beating her up. I don't know. She's, she's nuts. She sure. looks nuts in every single film she's ever been in. She's got crazy eyes. She's, she's a very a typical, Anthony Cumia situation, isn't it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> typical BPD case. Crazy, creepy, talented woman who just is mentally unstable. Terrible. Right. So Johnny Depp should have known better, first of all. Second of all. He's uh, old, too. Like he right. He should right. know better. He's like 30 years older than her. Yes. So... It is what it is, Johnny Depp. Go, go, rest on a pillow full of money. You know, That's with your, you with your right nine, now. with her nine fingers. Didn't she cut one of her his fingers off or something? I, I, th I think something yeah. he lost the finger as a oh. result of a cut. Or, I don't know, something bad. Cut anyway, shit. Yeah, Johnny Depp is the name <laughs> well, that Johnny always Depp. comes up for the Riddler. You she, know, I was about to fuck you. I was about, <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah. I was gonna say Joker, but I guess you're you're more Joker effective. too. Whenever whenever there's a new Batman movie announced, they always go, "Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio is gonna play the Riddler. Oh, Johnny Depp's gonna play the Joker and the Riddler." It's always those two names that get brought into it, and then they never do. French Stewart's gonna play French Stewart's Riddler. Riddler. Yes, they could have done a Batman Forever sequel with French Stewart as the Riddler, made for TV, just like Christmas <laughs> Vacation Two, Cousin Eddie's Island. Honest. Honestly, it would probably be more enjoyable than this Jim Carrey performance that I hated so much throughout wow. this whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get into that in a second because a lot of people cite that as the, the redeeming value of this God. movie. Um, oh, but fuck. if there's another comedian who does not hold up uh, in time and kind of makes you wonder, you know, why, why was this so amusing to people back in 1995? It was just like a hyperactive kid. You know, a hyperactive Just little kid. Making faces. That was his have you seen his stand up? 
His stand-up is, yeah. I'm going to make a face and a funny voice, and that's the whole thing. I Was it just simpler times? Was it I that think so. We're just I don't, not... When I was a kid, I, I, I loved him. You know? I thought all the movies were hilarious, but I was also five years old. So I don't yeah. know what an adult was thinking at the time. Um, but he he con- he had like a, an amazing run right. of films over like a three year span where he just conquered Hollywood. He did The Mask, Ace Ventura, and this movie. I think within just a year or two years of each other, he had three and Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and The Dumb, Mask, yeah. and Ace Ventura in the same year. That's the cable. Guy. The cable guys where it came to an end. That that was an abrupt yeah. halt, and that's probably the funniest movie in retrospect. Which is interesting. Yeah, because he's he's a little bit more reserved. Like his craziness is not as right. He's not that exaggerated. I actually, yeah. I'll tell you what, Dumb and Dumber uh, to me, I think is still pretty funny. Uh, the R-rated version of that that came out in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. They released uh-huh. an R-rated version of it with that's like full of like dirty jokes that would not have been in the PG thirteen oh, really? one. That one was pretty good. Pretty good. It still kind of holds up. I think he's funny in Me, Myself, and Irene. That's probably right. one of his more funny films. The fact he, like, especially in retrospect, being uh, uh, cucked and having three fat black sons is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. By so, a midget, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was a bad Santa midget, midget was in there. So that movie yeah, yeah. was pretty funny. But uh, this movie is not really funny at all, Batman Forever. Nope. It's, it is such a turn from the last two movies. And I know, obviously, that's very obvious, but you watch this movie, and, you know, I was saying on the last couple of shows, I was like, Batman Forever still has a bit of the tone that Burton, you know, captured in his movies, that essence. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I was wrong about that. Uh, I was misremembering, because it's been maybe about five, ten years since I watched this movie. I just watched it in 4K uh, since I owned the disc. And no, they abandoned everything that was serious and great about those first two movies. This movie operates on its own logic. It's it's little kid yeah. logic, little kid mentality, cartoon brain is what I call it. It's uh, it removes the personality that the first two had uh, completely, and, and it just turns it into a dramatic for no reason uh dramatic but but stupid too dramatic but stupid so you have this the human relationships which we're supposed to take seriously but the nemesis is like the riddler right he's leaving bruce wayne riddles and he'll open it up and then you know it looks cool whatever yeah it's something like uh i uh i i you won't see 13 on my face and you have bruce wayne literally explain the riddle in real time 13 yep. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 <laughs> 11 12 it's a clock it's yeah. like, oh oh it takes, oh, genius it takes him philanthropist two <laughs> it takes him two minutes to figure out his riddles uh of course someone it, has it, to ask what does it mean Right before Alfred, he yeah. he counts down, yeah, and it's like this this is stupider than the cartoon that was airing during this time. Also, you have Nicole Kidman, who in the entire performance is just a porn actress. Being a sl- <laughs> yes, yeah, she's yeah. just it, it's right. it looks like it's just a porn actress because she's constantly looking at his lips, which fine he's got gay mouth. So throughout the whole movie, you just see pursing lip Batman, uh, but. 
her entire acting is just overly sexualized, but not really. So it's overly sexualized with the way she speaks because she like whispers everything and she's always looking it's at It's all it, like, ADR too. That, that's the thing. Yeah. So she's talking, but then in post, she's like, Disconnect. <sighs> for every single line. And it's very yeah. distracting. It's, um, it, 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 it's very like, it, it disconnects everything that they're trying to do because it, it, we're supposed to believe that this Batman or this Bruce Wayne character is very interesting and in that as, as soon as she sees him, she's immediately wet, right? Because um, that's that's her character. It's just, I want to fuck. I'm going to fuck Batman. Kiss me and fuck me here. Oh, Bruce kissed me and I want him to fuck me now. You know, like that. her, her whole performance is just porn star Nicole Kidman. But it doesn't fit in this universe at all. No. And especially when, when, it's, uh, when, when you have the suits... Um, like at times I thought I was watching like a, a porn parody. The acting was so bad. It, it was dramatic in a in a soap way. So I don't know if it was just that that uh, Schumacher just watched the old show. It was like, hey, let's just make this in the you know in the nineties or bring it up to modern times. But the the humor, I, I don't even know if it if it. Like I'm trying to think if it had any type of humor or any type of moment where you feel anything other than uncomfortable, because there there's a little bit of banter there between Batman and Robin before Robin becomes Robin, but it's just it's who gives the shit dialogue. Like no one ever says anything interesting ever, and then you have so and so it's a very who I think and I think you said this before. Val Kilmer is the worst Batman, by he the is. way, that that I've seen. Like hor- horrible, even Clooney. At least he's charming. Uh, Clooney you can brings tell something Kil- to the role. Clooney himself has a charisma to him that right. works for Bruce Wayne, and I don't think it really works for Batman. But I don't think he's. The lines are bad. The lines that he he yeah. is giving are bad. He is not necessarily bad in the movie. Val Kilmer is a void of charisma. He just sucks all the energy. Outed. It looks like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. It looks like he's being forced to get in this suit. He's being forced to stand around with his coat, you know, with his big coat. Uh, and, and every time he's on the screen, he just, yeah, like you said, he just sucks the energy out of the room completely and you don't want to see him. Like, I, and I don't know if you want to see anyone. I don't think anyone puts in a, a good performance in this movie. Uh uh, we no. we mentioned uh, I, we mentioned honestly, uh, Tommy but, Lee Jones who's, Jones who's one of the greatest actors ever and he's what the, is this one of the worst he's you know? one of the worst in this film just, I actually think I think Jim Carrey gives the best performance even though you can't stand him I think he's at least trying he's doing something with the role well, and he goes all out yeah yeah at least you can he, appreciate the commitment he carries the film on his back because nobody else is people are either not really? firing at all or they're misfiring. In their roles, like Tommy Lee Jones is, where he just does not understand the character of Two Face at all, of Harvey Dent. Do you like how? Did you like how the whole time. Bruce is rewatching his acid burning and how Batman's just apparently sitting in the courtroom and he just jumps over a bunch of people and he's too late. Batman's just sitting yeah. in court watching this trial. That's very peculiar. Did you? How do you feel about Drew Barrymore's career that she was relegated to? his one of his girlfriends and she barely has any lines in this i didn't even know it was her until uh, like i saw her and i was like that kind of looks familiar but i don't think they would use her for that who gives a shit role she and was down is. on her luck at this time so she comes back in like 2099 by doing charlie's angels and then she winds up getting a whole bunch of movies from that and dating tom green 
So she's a relevant person five years from the time this movie comes out. But at this point, she's not old enough really to be taken seriously as an actress. She's a little too close right. to her, her child stardom days. And also she just went through like a big drug phase. So she was probably, right. this was probably a big break for her at the time. Yeah, that was kind of sad. It made me kind of sad a little bit because uh, I, I'm i sure this movie was huge. I haven't actually looked it It was. Up. It was, I think at the time, this might have topped the original Batman or, or its second uh, in terms of gross revenue. It did exactly what Warner Brothers wanted it to do following Batman Returns. Yeah, but I... And... Uh, Remember how I mentioned that uh, I'm a fan of the Robins. I hate what did they, they did with the one what they on call screen it? Robin, Chris O'Donnell. They call Dick him Grayson. they call they call him uh, Richard Grayson, kind of like a nod. You know, oh, come on, Richard, and he's like, ah, Dick, right, right, guys. You know this Dick guy. I thought he was awful. I I hated him on screen. I he felt too much like a kid sidekick. You know. Uh, which fine if you want to do that with Robin, I get it. But, but he's thirty. He's, he's an old. But he's man. A, exactly. He's a grown man. You know, he's he's goes around in his motorcycle being all cool for the nineties or whatever. They do, and it's like which the, one of the two you want to do? The Beverly the Hills nine hundred two one zero thing where they overcast somebody who's meant to be like seventeen years old, and he's right. clearly like twenty eight, twenty nine, and Val Kilmer at the time is only like thirty five. So you're seeing a guy who's like trying to be a father figure to a guy who's like three years younger than him. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. awkward. It just seems gay. Val Kilmer seems yeah. very gay in this movie. Yeah, this gay mouth. He's got mm -hmm. those lips. Which is crazy. And here's the thing. Michael Keaton has big puffy lips. And yet that was never that distracting when he was Batman. Yep. Val Kilmer has normal lips. And he's like deliberately <laughs> trying to imitate Michael Keaton's face. Just pouting the just whole Elliot time. Roger mouth. <laughs> There's every time there's a close up. It's just why are you? Why is Batman so sad? Just pouting the whole time. Do you know why Joel Schumacher? What his reasoning, his public reasoning anyway, was for adding nipples to the bat suit? Yeah, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a gay man that died. No, <laughs> no, no. He was. He said there's a close. Up. Wanted... There's a close up of Batman's butt in this. Movie. Yes, when he's they do this in, just... in Batman and Robin as well. They'll do. You know, the arm, the leg, the cow, the ass, the nipples, the crotch piece. Uh, yes. Uh, he said he wanted the suit to be more ape-like, more gorilla-like. <laughs> your so you your face nipples? to that, trying to comprehend the notion of bat ape, you know. I don't understand well, it either. It's because if I think of an ape, I don't think nipples. I think, think long arms. I think fucking strength. <laughs> I think annoyance. I don't I th think maybe that's what he was nipples. trying to do. He wanted Batman to seem stronger, you know. So he gave him nipples, right? Okay. Maybe I, yeah. Let's go with it. Sure, why not? I mean, they did it in two movies, so I guess it's 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 very strange because Joel Schumacher is actually a competent filmmaker. He does The Lost Boys. He did Falling Down. He did The Client. He, he's done serious movies. He did Phone Booth. And yet, he, as soon as he got Batman, he was like, we really have to flame it up with this movie. And obviously, it, it just gets worse from there with Batman and Robin. But 
at least that owns it more. This movie feels like it, it can't commit to the camp right. that's in the movie. It's trying to disguise it with serious drama. And by the time we get to Batman and Robin, that just feels like an episode of the 1960s TV show. Right. And they do the typical, you know, I'm misunderstood. So I'm just going to show up to say hello before running away. But I want you to stop me from running away. I'm just not going to pretend that I don't want you to. And then he's like, hey, you like bikes. I have 300 bikes. You want to have a look at my bikes? And that's, that, hey, that's it. We bonded. Yeah. I just Google, I just Google, do bats have nipples? And the first thing that pops up, it's a slate.com article from 2015 that says, uh, perhaps it's not so surprising that they have awesome nipples. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> typical yeah. journalist. Yes. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you, you had to go to, uh, gorilla to justify wanting to see nipples on the bat suit. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said. It, it, it's, it's difficult to try to figure out what tone they're going for uh, because at times it's very cartoony. I think that Batmobile is horrible. It's my least favorite. It was it, built it just... to be a toy. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, the reason why I dislike it so much. It has a light in the middle that has no reason of For the kids existing. to press the button and it lights up. And lights up, right. Uh, it's the worst Batmobile. I, my, my favorite is still the one from this from the 60s just because it's such a unsafe car. Like, it would not be good to fight anyone. It's a convertible and everything, so it's just... And then the design, I like how retro and shitty it is. But this one, as soon as it popped up, it's supposed to be this really cool reveal of this Batmobile. It looks like shit. It looks too skinny, and the light sucks. Uh, uh, I did like his cowl a little bit better than than keaton's just because he could move his head so it makes sense uh but there wasn't anything about this movie that was exciting or that uh, cool that you were like oh cool they're showing me this thing it might be that i'm just um overexposed to so many of these things where this it doesn't really this was, I mean, this was a big event film, you know. This this was, I mean, everything in this film was looked at as cool in the ad campaign because you had U2 on the soundtrack doing uh, Kiss Me, Kill Me, Thrill Me to like Jim Carrey and Batman fighting and all the hard cuts and you have posts with Chris O'Donnell in the boxer pose. It was, right. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a billboard of this movie or they started well, ushering yeah. out Batman Forever Pop-Tarts, cereals. This thing I remember popping up everywhere. Just the yeah. interrogation sign. Like that was right. Like Something show. that was lost with Batman Returns that Batman 89 nailed. And I think they get back to it with this movie is the iconography. The iconography of Batman Forever is absolutely strong. And that riddle baked into the Bat logo can, could have been found anywhere. They did intense marketing for this movie and it paid off it was a huge success and it was one of the more well-liked batman films to a point until we get to the christopher nolan era where people i mean look actually people will still defend this movie i remember because i was big online in the early aughts trying to find batman news when i was like 10 years old there was always a guy on batman Bye. on film called jet 
And everybody was like, Batman Forever sucked. Batman Forever is a piece of shit. And the admin of this website, the the one authority in Batman news would always go, no, 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 no. Actually, it's more in line with the comics. And that means it's good. One of those people, just like how Stephen King's The Shining, 1997, right. is better than the Kubrick one because it's more in line with the book. Missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I, I guess times were different because I, I don't see the appeal. Uh, of this movie uh it's possible that but i can't can't think of what other superhero movies of the time i guess like you mentioned the phantom right that was one phantom the was that the shadow the the flash pilot they all kind of meshed spawn they meshed together the 90s what a time the 90s terrible for superhero movies yeah but yeah i mean if you're if you're living in the '90s and you got Batman Forever, you got Batman Returns, you got Spawn, you got all these films, you're probably I mean I was pretty happy with that. Even even if they weren't great, even even if they were more stretched out, they weren't very serious. I was still pretty content with how things were. Uh, to, right, I was a child, be, but I was the prime demo for these films. And to be fair, uh, at that time, nerd culture wasn't cool. So the fact that you got that many movies right. was like, oh great! Like these movies are not for, we're not supposed to be for anyone but nerds until they did something like they did with this one, where it was just a product, right? Yes. In retrospect, uh, so- you would get one big actual superhero property maybe once every five years if you were right. lucky, and most of the time they were terrible. Like the Punisher was terrible. The Fantastic Electra. Four. Yeah, well, that was that was two thousand. That was like two thousand seven or something. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Fantastic Four was Makes too terrible worse. to even release. So Batman was the real franchise uh, that would get these movies, and then you would get the little ones like the the Phantom and whatnot. And Spawn was big in the nineties, obviously, and they just rushed that movie out. They had to get that that sealed up, and it was what it was. Yeah, uh, they didn't do any Superman films during that time. They tried with Superman. Uh, lives and i don't think there was any plans for a wonder woman movie or the flat or any other characters it was all batman it was always batman marvel wasn't even on the radar james cameron was going to do spider-man with leonardo dicaprio and i think arnold schwarzenegger was going to play dr octopus and then that fell apart that sounds not great i guess skinny young dicaprio uh, it would be different, but I can't see Schwarzenegger. Uh, it, it, isn't it funny how Schwarzenegger was seen as a an actor that you would want in your movie, even though he can't act, just because of how iconic he was? He I was mean, I guess be, he still is. He was going to be but... Dr. Manhattan in the Terry Gilliam Watchmen movie that was going to be in the 90s. He, was, he right. was attached to everything. He was the go-to guy for any sort of role that required even a little bit Muscles. of muscle. Yeah, Dr. Right. Octopus, schlubby guy. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That actually sounds like it. It would be interesting that Watchmen with that director, because of how, like, it's just it it it, it's like the interest that I had for that um, Bowie. uh, Didn't Bowie did something? uh, No, Dracula, right? David Bowie. Right. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Great no. gay film, great gay Christmas what am I film. Think, what am I thinking of? Where it's just, it's two different worlds that 
you know, you don't can't really see how they could mesh together, but something like Watchmen is weird enough where I could see it working. Uh, the, with the, the versions of Watchmen they were considering, though, only got worse with time, which is why I think Terry Gilliam wound up abandoning that. I know in the early aughts, they were thinking about making Watchmen set in the present day, so like 2003, and the Iraq War would have been a big part of the movie. Mm. And that, I can't imagine, would be palatable. Oh, they got Marlon Wayans to play... Marlon Wayans. Uh, to play <laughs> Rorschach. Uh, Rorschach. <laughs> Would you rather Marlon Wayans as Rorschach or as Robin? As Rorschach, because I don't have to see his face. So it would work better. Like It would be more physical role than his face being... So the black skin would be repulsive on any Robin. Got it. Okay, great. I can, Yeah, you can, you can print that. That's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Back in the How's day... Robin? Like Robin? No. Huh. Back in the day, I made up a rumor on a message board. I think I've talked about this before saying that Christian Bale auditioned for the role of Robin in this movie. And this was back in like 2002, 2003. I said that I said this I made it up just to see if people would take it as fact and they did. And then eventually, I remember one of my proudest moments as a boy, I in like 2005 when Batman Begins comes out and he plays Batman in that movie. Um a reporter asked him, "Oh, so it must be really something having auditioned for Robin 10 years ago. And now you're playing Batman. <laughs> he's like, I didn't audition for Robin. I would never audition for Robin. And I was like, wow, I did that. I did that. <laughs> well, that was what American psycho Christian Bale. If, if he had auditioned for that, right. Uh, a little after newsies. So he probably would have been about 20 years old. Christian Bale did American psycho in 1999. So he's he's getting kind of older. He was in his mid twenties at that point, and I think he was mostly known for his, his obviously playing Patrick Bateman, but he was also known as being like a, a real big asshole to people who would just like want an autograph wasn't or a he... photo. Oh, really? Yes. What, wasn't he like a kid actor too? Like, yep. He's acted. Oh, doesn't he have like a very sad war movie or something empire of the sun that's a spielberg film with john malkovich he plays uh, a, a young orphaned boy in that movie and then he does Jump newsies yeah. newsies in 91 or think or 90 yeah so the time timeline would have made sense if you're casting chris o'donnell at age 29 at age 36 to play robin the boy wonder the orphan boy you wonder did. so now you have if you ever meet christian bell you can be like, you remember that question that you got asked? You know who lied about, about you? You know who tried to <laughs> sully your, your reputation as an actor? Me, I you did know, that. try to make it seem like you would audition for this shitty Robin role? That was me. Yep. Message boards. Uh, what, what else can you say about this fucking movie? It's, Have oh, you seen, hold on. Have you seen the deleted scenes? No. Oh, I, I, wait. I have, I have seen one. Where he's in the bat cave and a giant, the giant bat. bat. Yes, I've seen that one. So it's terrible. Not long after <laughs> they said the Snyder cut was going to get greenlit, Joel Schumacher, I guess before he died earlier this year, was talking about, "Oh yeah, my original cut of Batman Forever would have been so dark." People like me, the the message board nerds, have been talking about Schumacher's cut for ages. It was called the Red Book cut originally, and there's like a there's an edit that uses the deleted scenes in the movie and makes it longer and tries to replace elements of the score with the Danny Elfman 
score from the first two films. Not, I think his name is Elliot Goldwaite or Elliot Goldenthal. I don't like the music really in this film. It feels a little too operatic in a bad way. Very right. two-dimensional. And I, I, he, I, apparently it's supposed to be darker or something. It just seems like more of the same to me. Seems yeah. I, I kind of like the do. giant bat a little bit because it's just something surreal and different. But on the whole, nothing's being added. But you have similar scenes here, though, uh, that just go nowhere. Um, there's one scene where he's at the girl's house. Can't remember her name. That was how memorable her porn uh, I, I, this porn actress was, but uh, Chase Meridian. Sh- that sounds like a hotel. Uh, but uh, she drops off or a flower falls in his in her house and then he gets a flashback of a flower falling when her his parents how many times do we need to see this boy's parents killed this is completely unrelated we're not talking about his background we're talking about his origin at all he just gets random flashbacks whatever something similar to what happened that day happens and that that was very for it felt very forced to me, very jarring because okay. we know. So, on that note, yeah. they served a greater purpose in the original cut of the movie. So originally, I, what the the idea was that he was being eaten up about the fact he killed so many people in the first two movies, and it starts to seep into him that he's enacting the same things that he he suffered as a child. Even if they are criminals, even if it's just a penguin's goon or whatever, they don't explicitly say, you know, Joker's henchman or whatever, you know, who who's blowing up in that first film. But the idea is him turning over a new leaf here and making a firm stance, which is why you have Robin being like, ah, I want to kill Two-Face. Well, he quits, right? He quits for like five minutes. Yeah. So he does the Spider-Man I- 2 arc. But well, I, hold on. On that note, just before we lose this, he does reprimand robin for wanting to kill two-face and he's like we can't kill there's a no kill policy and this is like the first time it's really implemented in a mainstream property i think outside of the comic book where it's established like batman doesn't kill even right. though he he winds up killing more he's in dead. this movie he kills yeah, yeah. two-face <laughs> at the end of this movie fucking he does the same shenanigans it's like i don't i'm not gonna kill you but you don't well, have exactly. to reach for all these coins even though i know you're gonna do it i won't put this yeah. bottle of alcohol in front of you and give you your car keys but if you die on the road, yeah. if you plow into some children on a schoolyard, that's on that I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, it makes sense though, because what you're saying about that original story having more to do with that, because there's a bit where he he's telling uh Alfred when he realizes this that, you know, his the big grace's parents shouldn't have died. Like he should be the one that dies or whatever. And then he says, I killed them. Right. Uh, talking about his parents. And then Alfred said, no, no, but you said you killed them. And then he just gets quiet for like five seconds. And then we cut to the next thing. Like we just move on from the fact that this could be a torture. Hey, there's something interesting here that we could do with this Batman. And we just move away from that. And it's never really brought up or never really go into what's going on in this guy's head. But then you have flashbacks like the one with the flower. There's another flashback with a book that his dad used to write it into or something that are just completely out of place. And they do feel a little surreal, like a little dreamlike. But if you're not really going into that, it, like they're just filler. You know, it never feels like it's connected to anything. 
Uh, and it just feels like that I that I killed them thing. When he said it, I was like, oh, okay, so hopefully they'll do something with this because this could be a setup for, you know, uh, uh, let's give Batman some character because he has nothing going in this movie at all. The, what is his, uh, like, what does he have to do besides stopping the bad guys whose plan is really weird too? You know, the Riddler's plan is what he wants to become famous and be in everyone's TVs. And then Two-Face is just a bad guy that wants to know who Batman is. Yeah, Two-Face's motive makes no sense and it doesn't coalesce with the Riddler's at all. He just kind of joins with him for the fuck of it. Well, it's because he wants to kill Batman, right? So when, when the Riddler shows up, He's like, no, all I want to do is kill Batman. And then the Riddler says, if you help me, I'll get famous and we'll know who Batman is. But that's it. So the whole motivation of Two-Face is just, I'm just right. bad there's, guy. There's no, there's no greater incentive there. Plenty of people have wanted to kill Batman. There's yeah. tons of villains and criminals in Gotham City. If it's the Gotham City that you know we're supposed to be familiar with, why does it matter that this guy in a green outfit also wants to kill the same guy? Especially if he's not... I mean, to Two-Face's knowledge at that point, uh, uh, proven efficient in any regard. He kills his boss. Obviously, Two-Face doesn't know anything about that. I love how they chalk yeah. it up to, well, looks like uh, looks like it was state-of-the-art CGI with him running out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and uh, also, uh, it, I, because this Nygma character, right? He goes what from- character? Nick, Nick Edward Nygma. <laughs> um, he just, it's just a switch. Yep. He goes from this weirdo, like, loser, and then Very Pete all of Davidson. a sudden it's this, yeah, this, exactly, this mastermind, this weirdo that has a bunch of different suits with lights, which I'm sure was another marketing thing of, like, make, trying to make him Boy. an icon or whatever. But also, I don't remember the Riddler ever being this, you know, like this, uh, this hmm. it's, because, uh, I, I, or at least maybe I just haven't been exposed to the character enough. But Well, Frank Gorshin every, every... from the 60s show was, I mean, look, he wasn't as flamboyant, but he was pretty flamboyant. He wore a skin-tight green outfit and was over the top as well. But Jim Carrey is obviously Jim Carrey. So you take that uh, initial 1960s rendition and you infuse that with Ace Ventura Pet Detective, you get this over-the-top, hyperactive uh, uh maniac but who wasn't flamboying that series though that's the thing every character was a little bit exaggerated the joker was you know his mustache and everything um in this like i think that's that's my biggest issue with this movie it's just that we're supposed to focus on this villain because he he is the main character he's the one that we see the most he's the one that has a personality so batman serves more as like a i have to stop this guy right but you 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 go a little bit into Batman's issues and like the things that Batman is dealing with and this weird romance that feels completely forced, but none of that gives the character any type of depth or anything that would make me give a fuck about any of his decisions. So then at the end, you have a villain that doesn't really have anything more than I want to rule the world, very general you know, wish. I think it, hold uh, on. I think I think his actual motivation was that he had a sexual obsession with Bruce Wayne and he wanted to be Bruce Wayne. He was doing like a single white female sort of deal, which is I mean, he kind of half succeeds in that he does 
garners some, somehow he just skyrockets his respect I... overnight with this product and becomes a successful millionaire and very powerful person in Gotham. Um, and it's all because Bruce Wayne rejected him at his job at the beginning. But did he though? He just said he I brushed can't him off. He, you... he was he didn't want to. Yeah, you know, he, he did like, the famous guy thing. You know, he big shot at him. He didn't have time for old Edward Nigma at, at at in the cubicle. <laughs> he didn't want to check out his little project. The same thing is like, no oh, one you want to read my script, Hans? Hey, I got a script. You guys would love it. Could you just read my script? Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah. sure. Later, later. Sure, it's fine. So you're gonna try to kill me? You're gonna wear light up suits and get a, we- <laughs> a weird, suits. yeah, a weird tower that's very tall, specifically so that you can fall. Correct. Right. Like, yeah, I um, the the motivation wasn't there, and his plan was too. It was too cartoony. Um, so the tone of the movie was very confusing. I, I didn't know if I was supposed to take them seriously because the, at times you were supposed to believe that Batman is this very, you know, tortured guy. And then, you know, there's the deaths of the Grayson. So you're like, okay, so at least we saw someone die on screen. So maybe we're supposed to take this seriously. And then you have this clown jumping around with a plan of I'm going to rule the world uh, wearing the most exaggerated type of suits and hair stuff. And then at the end, he's deformed and he's temporarily, just... temporarily deformed. R- right. He goes away somehow. Uh, and then he does the I'm Batman thing. Um, I, I, there was nothing in here for me. Which is really weird to say. I could not care about anything that was going on. There was nothing that grabbed me. Uh, like in the, at least in the first two movies, if, if the story is not the greatest story to tell, there's visual things that grab you. There's character things that the characters do that grab you that keep you interested. Here, even visually, it wasn't interesting. You know, uh, it didn't. Have- I don't. I don't think it's. I think the problem was more that it wasn't as defined as the Burton. I mean, even when the the production designer on that first Batman movie uh, passed away and did not do Batman Returns, you still got a sense that Gotham was, like, they were going for something with that that felt very German Expressionism-era-esque. And then with this movie, it's not quite fully formed. I I do like some of the use of the lighting with Gotham City and their attempt to try something different, a little more colorful, but in a more saturated but not too too over the top way that's one thing that i think is one of the few aspects of this movie that is not over the top is the actual setting of gotham city it's a lot of reds a lot of black um so i i I think that's interesting and maybe just just because i have the 4k disc i was able to analyze the matte painting backgrounds a little better than i did when i was watching on vhs tape uh but that aspect to it i don't mind i don't mind the fact that they have like neon gangs um, even if they are yes. corny, you know, in nineties, yeah. but it, it's fitting for the time. So I don't dislike that aspect of the movie. But I, I just think that coming out of the Burton, especially Batman Returns, that's so visually interesting, you needed to either push that forward or turn it into something darker. Because this one, like, I just don't think that it knows what it wants to do. So 
it, it, it goes crazy whenever the Riddler is on screen. Uh, and this world that we're leaving, uh, where Batman is, that's a little bit like, let's say, darker, like more real uh, or realistic than the, the Burton ones. But then you have the Riddler who exists in his own universe with his own lighting, with his own everything that those two just don't, never really seem to fit together for me. Right. You know, it's very jarring, the, the, the two so sides. I, I, I think it's two things. I think, I think two things are happening here. The first thing is that the movie has an obligation to be something to Warner Brothers, right? And they have to meet that quota in certain ways, like changing outfits in the third act to sell more toys, the silver outfit Riddler, and Batman gets yeah. a new swimsuit, and that one's actually better because there's no nipples on it because it has some giant emblem, you know, yeah. that, that wasn't there before. Robin has a new outfit, too, that has a little bit of silver in it. And then you have Joel Schumacher as the director, and it feels like Joel Schumacher cannot decide. Like, he does not have an crystallized vision of what this movie is supposed to be. He's thinking, I should dig back into Burton a little bit, but I want to do the 1960s as well. And I want to do my own version of Gotham. And it just comes across as a little too chaotic, especially when combined with the fact that you have company obligations to meet a certain demand with the toy companies. Right. I'm looking at the toys and they're pretty shit, by the way. So it wasn't oh, even worth I that. loved them when I was a kid. I had all of them. I had four different Batmans <laughs> painted in different colors. I had like a purple, green, blue, red. Yeah, I had a giant collection of Batman Forever toys. <laughs> I was like that with Ninja Turtles. Batman toys. I had a couple of Batmans, but it, it was always funny to me that... Well, I guess they did the same thing with Ninja Turtles, where they would just give them suits that are nowhere just come up with suits so they would have a different one using the same action figure yep uh so yep. you have batman with like blue like light blue accessories or like yellow accessories different paint job that that's seen. all make yeah, yeah, four yeah. times yeah. the amount of profit the action figure industry of the 90s i mean that that must have just been pure bank because what what else are children doing they don't have i mean they have game boys and stuff but really I, I, I mean, remember how much was a Game Boy like five hundred bucks. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So just, inexpensive. NES was expensive as fuck. I you could go. Like, you could go to Target. You could. I mean, Target was that even around back then? You could go to Kmart. You could go to Bradley's, and there would always be an action figure aisle that would be lined with toys from all of these different comics. So, yeah, that that is clearly where they found a lot of the money to make these movies. Um. Batman Forever. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't hate the movie. That's that's one thing. I know we're bickering a lot about aspects of it, but I didn't find myself hating the movie. I just thought this. I mean, it's a mess. It's not a traditional mess because it's not. It's not sloppy. It just doesn't have an identity. It it, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It, work. it doesn't have any. Yeah. It it just. It feels like it's trying to be too many different things that don't fit together. And right. I don't know if I'm going to feel the same way about Batman and Robin just because it's been years since I've seen it. And the only thing I know I don't about think you it will. Or... I have a suspicion that it's going to be more cohesive than Batman Forever because at that point, it's like we're all in on this one thing. And on that's the right. They're, they're, they're still, again, juggling two different, too many different aspects of what this movie is trying to be. By the time you get to Batman and Robin, it is full camp, full cartoon full, over-the-top, bright colors. I'm kind of interested to see what my take on it is now because it's been a while since I've actually watched it. I, I probably watched it. Do you think this... I'm going to 
think I'm going to like it better than this. Yeah, I actually do. Knowing your taste, you you like the campy stuff. So yeah, I, I I've been known to enjoy. You're some more forgiving camp. of it than I am. So I I I think you'll probably like Batman and Robin more. And I have um, quite a bit of information about what would have followed Batman and Robin if Joel Schumacher had his day, and I, even if he didn't. I know he has long talked about, oh, if I had done the next one, it would have been dark. It really would have been dark that time. I would have, got, I would have done my vision. And I just don't believe that. I, I don't buy it at all. I think he just says whatever's convenient for the moment. He did a commentary track on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin that was literally him apologizing for both movies. <laughs> so, was this after Batman Begins came out? Yeah. Yeah. So Of course. Actually, it, it might have been the same year that Batman Begins came out that they reissued all four movies on DVD in like a special DVD box set because to that point you got like little cardboard flimsy DVDs. It was a different casing entirely. It felt very cheap and there were no extras at all. There wasn't even theatrical trailers. It was always just production notes that basically gave you right. the actor's IMDb credits. So in 2005, they reissue the movies because Batman Begins is coming out. Tim Burton does a commentary on his two movies. Joel Schumacher does on his two movies and Joel Schumacher's commentary is like, yeah, I get it. These movies are bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin the Batman franchise. But listen, if you don't have Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, you don't get Batman Begins and Dark Knight, which then means, you know, maybe the film industry wouldn't have dove headfirst into the cash cow of superhero films and we wouldn't be living in the culture that we're in right now. So double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Batman Forever. Uh, it's the worst Batman movie. I even like the the one that um, Burt Ward and and uh, how did I forget his fucking name? Adam West. Rest in peace, Adam West. Uh, even that movie is enjoyable just because it is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. This one, I just I just don't think it works and. Uh, I'm sure I like Batman and Robin more just because I know what I'm getting to. Like, I know what I'm going into. I know that it's catchphrase galore. You know, everyone's got their corny lines or whatever. I didn't really have much of a memory on this one, so I I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I I honestly thought that it was going to be more campy than it is just because of Shumar. But, but, uh... Yeah, I think it's uh, personally the 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 one I like least uh, from the Batman movies that I've seen or Batman related things that I've seen really. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I I specifically wanted to point out one part that made me cringe really hard, which is when Joel Schumacher is trying to convince us that folding clothes is cool. Oh yeah, I, I, honestly, <laughs> I took note of that. And seeing like oh. the water dripping and him, you know, Ooh. doing his moves and it just why unnecessary. So we're supposed to that's supposed to let us know he's equipped for crime fighting. He's equipped for beating the shit out of criminals. It's like Alfred. He's like, let me take care of your your laundry, and he's like, no, I'm going to do it. And he karate chops his socks and shit. He's just like, what is this? And there's rock music playing in the background while this is happening. I'm just like, what? What the fuck is what? So uh. the movie, in a nutshell, is that. <laughs> it's something very corny yeah. that's trying to convince you that's really cool, but it's really not. Yep. Yep. That, <laughs> that's correct. That's that's very accurate. 
Um, I don't think it's the worst Batman movie. I won't say that. I do think Batman and Robin is probably... I mean, if you count Justice League... If you count movies with Batman or Batman characters, that's a different conversation. But right. of, the, of the movies titled Batman, I think it's probably Batman and Robin. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, look, as a Batman movie, it is definitely the worst Batman movie. As, an, okay. as a piece of entertainment... You could maybe make the argument that Batman Forever is worse, maybe, but I, I'm not even sure about that, to be honest with you. Um, right. And then, obviously, that's excluding all the animated films, which, you know, there would probably be a stack that would come before this, but um, not good. Know. Not very good. Uh, not not hateable. If you can shut your brain off, if you're one of those people, I'm not one of those people. I look down upon those people. Uh, yep. Then you'll love it. You'll 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 have a great time. You'll have a wonderful time at the movies. You'll go on eBay to buy those Riddler toys. That was one of the things. Oh shit! I just remember something that really bothered me at the beginning. Why did he have a Riddler bubblehead before he became the Riddler? That's it. Hey, that's a great point. I was thinking about that, so I was like, <clears throat> okay, so is this like Gotham? The T- I mean, it does feel a lot tonally like Gotham, the Fox TV show. Uh, oh, did God. he just take oh, his yeah. identity? Now that you mentioned that, now that you mentioned that, yeah, he feels like an episode of that. Thing. Gotham, yeah. Gotham, and Suicide Squad feel like they are part of this universe. In my, I've ne- I, I still haven't seen Suicide Squad. Real, okay. I, 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 I saw half hour of it, and I was like, I'm. I, I think we got to make that here. part of this retrospective. I don't know. Oh, you're gonna make me watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. It's bad, but, but it's similar to probably what Batman and Robin is, which is watchable bad. Uh, and I've softened on suicides. I, like, again, it's still very bad, but I, I, I think it's so retarded that it's actually kind of okay as like a, just a dumb watchable movie. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the Riddler just stole his identity from what? Matthew Lesko, the, the Get Rich Now guy? What, what, is, what is the Riddler outfit that's in the thing in the bobblehead? He's obsessed with some kind of character. And then he well, takes... it's just there. Yeah, like, he doesn't. He never talks about the character. He's just a. Uh, uh, it, it, what's the movie? Big, right? It's a movie where he talks to the thing. There's a gypsy. The thing it's the same big. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. But he's dressed like the Riddler, and then he has like a little bubblehead that's a Riddler. Before he There's goes more. crazy. There's more stuff. There are like pictures on in the his wall. House, right? Yes, and his, his hole house in the is wall. Covered on- he lives yeah. beneath a train station in like a in like a janitor's closet that is right. very long, and you have all this Riddler stuff. So he takes his identity from something that already exists, that is never explained at all. Right, we never know who that guy with the hat and the red hair is, but all of a sudden he just becomes him. Uh, I was very confused by that at the beginning. I'm, I'm glad I remembered. <laughs> yeah that that was that was pretty terrible. Um, I I don't know. I have nothing else to really say about Batman Forever. I think we've summed up. But also, actually, one other thing. Real? Oh, you can't see it, unfortunately. Uh, Pete see. Holmes. It's just Pete, oh, Pete wow. Holmes is eating <laughs> eating these guys. Oh, can you see Two Face? No, that's a Riddler. Damn. I saw it for a second. Anyway, anyway, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to point out that they are poorly photoshopped on the Blu-ray cover that I'm holding that you cannot see. That is maybe... that like hol- hol- holographic, like back in the nineties, where they would just put a an it image? Actually that is. Would... Yeah, the the outside case is, and then the the interior case, which I don't know why I keep holding it up because you can't see it. 
uh, <laughs> is even worse because with the holographic, it at least offers a little, a, a slight bit of drop shadow to these right. very like cookie cutter characters on the cover that are not well photoshopped out uh, at all. And then on the just like the flat version, it's bad. It looks really bad. I don't know who's in charge of making cover art at Warner Brothers. They need to just restore the original videotape covers. Those were good. I'm not familiar with those, but I, I'll take your word for it. It's all right. It was a bat logo, and then it was all the characters for the other ones. They would show all Are the characters. Are they running? Were they running towards the camera? Oh, like, that yeah. was so bad. That was so bad. I <laughs> forgot. I've referenced it on the last one, and then I forgot about it in the moment when I was watching the movie. And then they cut to them in like a photo studio backdrop scene where they're running at the camp. It is bad. And then U2 kicks in, and then you get amped. Then you're fucking ready for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that happens on the next one. That's one of the things I remember. Because there's the girl, right? The Batwoman Bat girl, girl. That Batgirl. Uh, who? Oh, Batgirl. Not a woman yet, right? Right. No, she's not Batwoman. That's Ruby Rose and some new girl on the show. Uh, Batgirl, who has always, forever been Commissioner Gordon's daughter, is Alfred's daughter. Alfred's granddaughter. I think he's. Just, I think it's just his daughter. In Batman and Robin. Oh, Alfred. Alfred fucks. He's like 75, but he's still fucking. <laughs> yes. Some, someone, even though he spends his whole time with Batman. But Oh, wait. No, no, no. Hold on. Sorry. My mistake. It's his niece. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. He's a bachelor, Alfred. Yeah. Just like uh, the people who wrote the script. The bachelors. What are their names? Let's let's name them and shame them. Who wrote this script? There's he, no credits on the back. Oh, he's wait. a bachelor like, like Liberace was in those... TV shows, those talk shows where they'd be that's, like, when are you getting married? And that's Batman like, oh. in this movie. That was Val yeah. Kilmer throughout the entire duration of the film. Lee Batchelor and Janet Scott Batchelor and uh, The Kiss of Death. I bet you their script was fine, but when they brought in Akiva Goldsman, that guy is the worst. Akiva Goldsman was one of the screenwriters. He also wrote Batman and Robin, and I think he wrote a recent DC or Batman superhero film. He did. He does all the terrible movies. Akiva Goldsman. He did The Dark Tower. He did. I think it's I Am Legend. Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. No, he got he got an Oscar for I think something like A Beautiful Mind, and then oh, everybody hired him. Star for... Trek, fucking Star Trek Picard and Discovery. Yep. Ugh. He's the worst. He's the worst screenwriter in all of Hollywood. Even Alex Kurtzman, who I know you have fond <laughs> feelings for. Uh, uh pales in comparison to this Akiva Goldsman, The Da Vinci Code by Ron Howard. How about that? Great. Yeah. iRobot. Dr. Sleep. He wrote Dr. Sleep. Are you kidding me? Oh, he did? Oh, yes, wow. he did. <laughs> That's remarkable. Jonah Hex. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> they just keep giving him work. That's great. Good for him. Good for Mr. fucking Jew from New York that controls everything. <laughs> they control the entertainment industry. What? Don't that's, ask that question. That's ridiculous. Stop that. You're, you're spouting. <laughs> We're going to get a label question. on the show. We're going to get a label. We're going to get a fact say. check label. Sources say that's I disputed, didn't. Hans. Sources say it's disputed. Don't Google it. 
he wrote oh my god he wrote rings the movie where samara morgan comes out of a cell phone to yep. kill all yeah, the hollywood hits all, all the classics hancock wow he dark tower yes transformers wonderful angels lost and demons. in space the one with the one with joey you know that joey lost in space where he's a serious captain he did that one too wonderful yep wow this guy really fucking sucks divergent winter's tale a lot of good movies here. Uh, uh, the Fifth Wave, Transformers, The Last Night. All all classics, in my book, anyway. Anyway, uh, I think I think that's about it for the show tonight. Yeah. Do you want any do you do you want to add something? No, that's okay. I need to take a one a, a, a memorable dump. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been hurting for half an hour. Uh, so no, this this rough is up. <laughs> Okay, well, that has been Batman for. We're going to be talking about Batman and Robin next week. It's going should, to be. Should, should I watch Suicide Squad so we can talk about it at that sa- in that same episode? You know what? Let's do it. Why not? We'll do Suicide Squad as well. And um, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Three villains. The original film with three villains Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, Bane. I don't think Jeep Swenson lived to see the movie come out in theaters. I'm pretty sure he died of cocaine abuse uh prior to the film's release which lucky Lucky. him yeah Uh, anyhow that's been movies for this week thank you for listening